Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of Secret Artists. I'm your host Annie McGrath and this week I am joined by the award-winning comedian Jordan Brooks. He's absolutely hilarious and I had a lovely time speaking to him live from Aberystwyth Comedy Festival which was a brilliant festival and so nice to be able to do the podcast in front of a live audience. Hope you enjoy the episode. We talk about family, weddings, incest, uh, winning the comedy award, Jordan, not me, social media, uh, therapy, meditation, all the all the buzzwords. Uh, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Art Pod to see our paintings. Well, how I start is reading out your bio. Right. It's quite awkward, but I'm going to do it anyway. Ready? Don't look at me while she's doing this. <laughs> Jordan Brooks is an American football linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks of the National Football League. He played college football at Texas Tech and was drafted by the Seahawks in the first round of the 202 NFL Draft. He's 23, he's 6 foot and he weighs 109 kilograms. Yeah. I'm delighted to have him on the podcast. Thank you. That's what happens when I ask Alexa who Jordan Brooks is. That's what they tell me. I didn't know about your footballing background. Nor did I. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's fascinating to wanna, there's just so much you don't know about yourself. Um, yeah. So it's good, to, it's good to finally get some clarity on those lost years. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, I saw your show yesterday, it was great. Thank you. Did anyone else see it? No. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. cool. Do you like it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more of an American footballer, to be honest, than a comedian, so that makes sense. Um, so Jordan's brought in something which I don't know what it is, but it's going to be our muse. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, we're going to paint it, and you guys have pencils and paper if you want to join in, you don't have to. Um, but it's just going to be a nice, relaxed vibe. And we're going to have a laugh, aren't we? Yeah, we'll have, we'll have one laugh. One laugh. We'll have one laugh. <laughs> Um, do you want to show us what it is? So, I don't want you to think that I didn't put any thought into it. Okay. And that I just... That makes me think that you didn't... Yeah, no, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's like going up to someone saying, look, I'm not scary. You're like, well, why did you have to say that? Uh, so basically, this is... Um, it's, a, it's my wallet, but... It... <laughs> oh, the thing that you carry everywhere with you and don't have to sort Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but what it is, is it's a wallet that I had when I was eight years old, right? Oh, and no. it's, it's based man you, isn't it? In you. No, it's but I I got this when I was eight, and so it's based on the Man United uh, football kit. Now they is that who you played for initially? Yes, yeah, so who I played for initially before getting into American football. Yeah. Um, so they they released this grey kit, right? <laughs> and they wore it for the first half of one game, and they were losing. And at half time, they said, "We can't see each other because it's grey." And so you, we, we, we wow. can't see the players amongst the crowds. And so they changed the kit and they never wore it again. By which point, of course, I had already bought yeah. both the kit and the wallet, which I also assume the footballers carry with them on the pitch at all times. And you so, always lose your wallet because you can't see it. Because you can't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally, it's just gone now. It's just, it doesn't yeah. exist now. Where is it? Yeah, I don't know. So, so I thought I'd bring I thought I'd bring that in because it's quite fun. It's got like some you know it's been worn down with age. Yeah. There's a bit of story. I used to keep my teeth in it. That's how old it is. Uh, I don't now. Now I just keep weed edibles. Um, Your uh, teeth? Did you say? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone got any questions about that? Um, 
Just all your milk teeth that fell out? Oh yeah, I wasn't pulling them out. <laughs> uh, they, they were the ones that fell out and I was like, oh, I'll, keep, I'll keep those. And I don't yeah. know what, I can't, look, I can't tap into what my thinking was as a child as yeah. to why I kept them, but I did. Did you believe in the tooth fairy? Did you leave them like, under your pillow or were they always in your wallet? Do you know what? I think I didn't trust the tooth fairy. Also, maybe I also oh. thought that they would gain value over time. <laughs> yeah, like so, Bitcoin. Yeah, like Bitcoin. So you've got it. So this is a, it's a, it's a, it's a 20 year investment actually. This is, my, this is my retirement fund. And have you ever washed it? No. <laughs> Great. Well, um, <laughs> well, I was going to place the object here, but are you guys going to be able to see it? Yeah, maybe we could like stand it. Like yeah, if we stand it, so, but then you'd, you'd see the, the inside, which maybe is less interesting. Have you got any cash? Yeah, I left, I've left cash in there. It makes me look like Mr. Moneybags. I got paid for a gig in cash and then How I much? forgot to take it. It's like 120 pounds, wow. which is, I have to say is not what I would usually have in there. Um, it's more than you're getting for this. It's, oh, absolutely. I, I didn't know I was getting <laughs> anything. So, yeah. So, uh, I don't know which one is best for, for that. I mean, for us, it would probably be the front. Any fans of Man United in? No, it's not. It's, it's not really a football crowd. Sorry, who are, who are you? <laughs> That's the producer of the podcast. Um, why don't we have the cash spilling out? I love that. Okay. All right. I, okay. Are you nervous? I might take it. Yeah. All right. There's also a, oh, there's a there's oh, a five Scottish there's a Scottish money. money and there's a dollar that my dad sent me. Um, from New York about 10 years ago. So that, that's wow. the, yeah, yeah. Why do you keep it in there? Because I miss him. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is he still in New York? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen him in a while. All right, let's move on. <laughs> so there we go. Is that good? Does that look good? If you, yeah. We need to see it as well. Yeah, it's also got, actually, do you know what? We'll have this sticking out as well. This is my, this is my, card to confirm that I have a rare blood disease, which it's called, it's called, it's called thalassemia. I don't know if anybody's heard of this. And what it means is your red blood cells are smaller than usual. So when you have like a blood test, you'll come up as borderline anemic and they'll go, oh, you look anemic. And then they investigate further. And both me and my sister have this rare blood disease, which can technically kill you, but it hasn't so far. And First show of the day, keep it light. Apparently, so I'm not going to die. Apparently it, it shuts down your organs and stuff, but it only uh, exists in Mediterranean blood, which oh, I am not, distinctly not yeah. Mediterranean. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like the violent opposite of Mediterranean, but my nan comes from like, it's like a Roman gypsy, so I think that it's sort of, there's it's like, her it's her fault that right. we're going to die early. So, so can you cure it? Or? No, no, it's just a thing. <laughs> okay. But this was in 2004, and I'm pretty sure I don't have it. Because nothing, nothing bad has happened, but they give you this little card just in case, you know, I don't know, I'm on the street, and I look like I have small red blood cells. <laughs> and someone's like, we need some clarity on this situation. And I go, oh, I, you know, and then show them that. And then they go, oh, okay, on your way. Well, I'm sorry to hear about that. That's no worries at all. So should we talk about my dad now? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, there, so that's, I'll have that popping out as well, just for a bit of variety. So Jordan, yeah. do you consider yourself an artist? <laughs> I mean, in the, in the sort of co comedy sense. Yeah, in any sense. Well, you studied animation, didn't you? How do you know that? I Googled you. Oh, I okay. told you not to do that. It came up before all the football stuff. Did it? Um, yeah, I did. I studied animation at Newport Uni, mm. which is no longer a, it's no longer a uni. Um, they merged As a with, result of you. As a result, I was actually the last one to grab, like, that my class was the last one to graduate and then they merged with the Morgan oh, right. Uni. Yeah, yeah, so now it's University of South Wales. Um, does anybody, anybody go to the Newport Uni? The art school? Yeah? No? Oh, you just, you just heard of it? No, um, yeah, I trained at it. Oh, you trained at it? Oh, oh. wow. Yeah, the, so if we, did you go to the Colleon campus? No, I think uh, the campus was Ah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they so you know sex education. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the program. <laughs> the program. Yeah. Not not the not, uh, the course. not the course. Yeah. Um, they that's where that's my uni. Oh that yeah. Big building. I forgot it's filmed in my. I don't know why I started looking at that as if that's what as if it's in there. Yeah. No. It's um. So they so they filmed it all there, but it's actually technically like a. I think it got. It's going to get turned into a golf resort. Yeah. yeah. All very sad. sad. 
Well, it's one of those unis that was an art college for years. Mm. And then they, in order to sort of be accredited as a uni, they had to obviously add all these extra sort of courses. But the courses were no, were no good, to be honest. Um, mm. It was still principally an art college. Um, but then they obviously wanted to, they, I mean, no one wanted the merger, but the government started capping the numbers of students you could have in a class, mm. which then, of course, made the courses unviable because you, they weren't making enough money. Right. So then they'd go, oh, well, it's not making enough money now. Yeah. So we have to close it. So, um, yeah, it was all very sad. And I, afterwards, when I graduated, I went, I became a graduate ambassador. So I then traveled around, you know, there's like little UCAS fairs that you can go to when you finish college and you can go and every uni will be represented by a little table. I was the one representing them, but I knew that the university was closing and I had to be like, there's so many wonderful courses here. (laughs) And then... A couple of years later, I went back to do stand-up. They had, they were putting on a comedy night. Yeah. And I went back and I saw and recognised about three people who I had talked into going, <laughs> knowing full well that it was they were. I was basically yeah. I was basically selling them a ticket to the Titanic. <laughs> and then I could and then I turned up to watch them drown. Um, <laughs> Um, so how was the actual course, the animation course? Oh, I was really terrible. I was really bad at it. I'm not a good, I'm not a good drawer. Um, but I was really interested in it sort of like from a technical point. You know, I really liked the... I was really interested in the, the you know, the analysis of it mm. and the sort of visual, because it was something I wanted to do when I was a kid and I was really into like stop motion animation and stuff. Oh, and cool. so, so I tried to, I tried to do it, but I was just no, I was just no good. I've just never been that good. So what I'd do is I'd make really bad films <laughs> and then write a 2,000 word essay, kind of intellectualizing its badness. Right. And then in that, so then I'd get a really good grade for explaining why it was shit. So very meta. Very, Sim- very meta, to yeah. Your they, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't agree with that. <laughs> that's it, that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's your drawing get? You're, you're quite detailed, drawer. I'm just, uh, well, I'm sort of a bit. Mine's an absolute mess. No, you've done you've done great. I'm I'm doing what I did in uni, which is just sort of go for what's the word? Verisimilitude, verisimilitude, mm. where it's just like you know accurate, as in I've made no choices as an right. artist. So, sorry to be rude about anyone who does anything photorealistic, but you're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> you are. Just you just improvise. Great. Such a middle class show. Sorry, <laughs> sorry if I've offended any photorealists in the crowd. <laughs> um, I don't think we've got the right colours for the twenty pound note because I tried to mix a purple and it's gone a sort of horrible right, brown right. mess. Who are your favourite artists, Jordan? Like fine artists. Uh, I don't really. I don't. You know what? I don't really follow art. Mm. There's the, there are those that do and there are those that watch and um, I do neither actually. I just, <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I just watch YouTube videos and stuff, yeah. yeah just, just watch video essays where YouTubers drag other YouTubers and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> but everyone seems very angry about alleged misconduct the whole time. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, no, I really like, what's his name? Rag, Ragnar Katansson. <coughs> He's like a sort of performance artist. Oh, cool. Uh, I went to see a... Um, uh, I went to see an exhibition at the Barbican. Yeah. And he did this this thing called The Visitors. And you go into this room and there's a, every single screen is a different camera angle of the same stately home. And there's a musician in every single room and they can all yeah. hear each other and they're all playing simultaneously but in separate rooms. And then towards the end of the piece, they start leaving one by one, leaving the screen. Yeah. And then they all join up in the one place on the one screen. So as a, as a, as a viewer, you're going from... You're watching as a group, like sort of, you know, sort of disparately. Yeah. And then eventually by the end, you're all huddled around this one screen watching them all walk off playing together. And it was just, wow, it was beautiful. Cool. Yeah, yeah. It was about 50 minutes. And it was, oh, it was great. I like, I like that sort of stuff yeah. uh, more than I do sort of just looking at some painting. Someone's, <laughs> someone's done. <laughs> Very much like what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. I shan't be looking at my own work. <laughs> um, would you ever think about doing that sort of thing in your comedy. You did quite a technical show a few years ago, didn't you? Yeah, Was about it? three years ago, yeah. yeah. I, did, um, I did a sort of, I guess, I, I guess it was kind of like art, th- comedy, theatre thing. Um, mm. 
where I used uh, headphones. So I, I basically yeah, halfway through the show, so I sort cool. of pretended that there were tech errors mm. and everything was going wrong. And the solution was we'd have to bring out these headphones. Mm. Um, and so I'd hand out all these headphones to everyone. Uh, and then I'd kind of mess with people's experience of what they were hearing. So, they, yeah. so we'd like, there was five different channels, five different frequencies yeah. spread across these headphones. So people would be hearing different things. Uh, different punchlines, like five different punchlines to jokes and that kind of thing. And it really fucked with people's heads. And, you know, a lot of people uh, were deeply distressed by it. <laughs> deep, deeply distressed. I got, it's the only show I've had complaints about. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone came up to me after the one show and was like, and was like, this is a very abusive show, isn't it? And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yes. For fuck's right. sake, shut up. For fuck's sake, shut up. Um, abusive in that it, it manipulates the perception of things and like it's very invasive you know like it's, it's it was very I sort of wanted to do do you guys know like ASMR you yeah. watch ASMR videos yeah mm. uh, so I wanted to do like a like a negative ASMR show I wanted to do something that was like horrible like horrible whispering you know so so that so that was the kind of premise so obviously that as I'm sure you can imagine is is a very intrusive experience oh, yeah. um, so for a lot of people yeah they were deeply horrified but I also totally understand why <laughs> you achieved what you set out to achieve yeah 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 it was to be controversial for the sake of it <laughs> to be an artist and um, what know. do you do with those complaints um i take them on board i, sw I swallow <laughs> them down and then i let them manifest as a tumor when i'm 50. <laughs> i think that's probably what i'm what i'm doing i think that's the right way yeah I, I, i'd like to pretend that i'm like some kind of you know chaotic artist type who doesn't really care but I, I deeply, <laughs> deeply care. Uh, and it impacts me hugely when someone doesn't like what I do. So you didn't have any complaints in the um, show where you talk about having sex with your mum? Not even my mum. <laughs> no, even my mum was like, you know, I get the artistry. I get... <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask how it was having her watch the show. I assume she did watch it. She did watch it, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she was more concerned about me talking about wanting to kill myself. Um, sure. Which was a motif, uh, if you're allowed to call a, a, th a threat to your own life a motif. Um, and she, uh, yeah, she didn't mind it because she, she's so supportive, you know, mm. she's, so, she's so nice because she comes from a sort of theatrical background. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of gets that there's... So does she critique it from a sort of theatrical point of view? Ah, oh, no, man, she's thick as fudge, but she, but she just likes, <laughs> she just likes that. She just likes theatre, you know. Her, her, so my 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 nan was an actor. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was briefly. My granddad used to work for the BBC, mm. and so I think, I think there's a sort of they've always been quite encouraging, you know. And I'm, I always sort of take that for granted when I, particularly when I meet other comics whose family perhaps haven't been as supportive of them. Mm. Um, I remember that, oh yeah, this, you know, I'm quite lucky that she's sort of like, she understands. She's a kind of like follow your dreams, even if it's not going to make any money sort of person, which is very nice. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed your stuff about them in your show yesterday. About when you're sitting, I mean, I don't want to just do your material to you. No, please do. <laughs> Talking about moving home in your 30s, which I oh, also yeah. have done. Oh, did you do it? Did you well, do it? Well, I'm doing lockdown? it right now. But I oh. when you asked the audience, has anyone else moved home? I didn't want to be the only one that said yes. <laughs> Why not? Um, but yeah, I enjoyed your stuff about wondering if you'd been abused as a child. It was funny yesterday. It is funny. It's funny. The way he does it is funny. It is funny, I promise. Um, well, it's just that sort of feeling like the, the outsider in the family, you yeah. know, them sort of looking at me going, how did this one get made? Yeah. Um, did we? Did, did we do something bad? That was my favourite Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah. Uh, so your mum didn't mind that stuff, so that's good. No, well, the premise of this, so to anyone who clarified, I didn't just talk about having sex with my mum or anything. Like, the, the, the premise was, uh, it was kind of about, like, the it was kind of like the end of the world and our obsession with the apocalypse and all that stuff, and I was using my mum as, like, a representation. <laughs> Fuck me. No, it was about fucking my mum. <laughs> I've really done a disservice to mum. Yeah. You know that show where you talk about fucking your yeah. mum? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the whole idea at the time was like, oh, I'm gonna. I, it, it was it was inspired by uh, I don't know if you've seen the Darren Aronofsky film Mother. I haven't. No. And Anyone it's else? I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like a sort of anxiety dream manifested. So it's just a, a sort of escalation of chaos. And 
the uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character essentially is sort of Mother Nature, and I was really interested in the, the the way that he was sort of the way that we treat women, and using that as a parallel with the way that we treat the Earth and that sort of thing. So that yeah. was kind of the what. So it was me sort of being disrespectful about my mum, mm-hmm. um, you know, in that sort of way. Mm. No one picked up on that though. They just they just thought it was funny. <laughs> Um, and was that the show where you won the Comedy Award? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you don't know this, Jordan won the Edinburgh Comedy Award in 2019. Yeah. So is the reigning champion for a second year in a row. No one's, no one's held it for, for longer than a year. <laughs> uh, Nothing to do with the pandemic. It's, it's an absolute delight. How was winning the award? Oh. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> It was, um, it was all right, you know, I, I, it, I, it's not a life-changing thing. It used to be called the Perrier, so it's like the thing that like Steve Coogan won and League of Gentlemen, but over the years, as the sponsor has changed, it's got less, it's held less and less weight, and so I really do feel like, I, I, <laughs> I really do feel like it's lost a lot of its kind of appeal. It's, it's certainly not the kind of like catapult of success that perhaps it might have once been regarded as. I think you're being modest. Yeah, no, I am. But, um, <laughs> But it's, it, yeah, it was, it was nice. It's one of those things where you're kind of, you know, like with, any, with anything that is sort of tethered to the industry or getting kind of like industry acclaim or what represents the industry, it, mm. it, it does feel like a poison chalice and you do kind of feel like, um, you just feel like in two minds about it. Like you want to enjoy it. Mm. And initially I was quite cynical about it and was like, no, it's nothing, it's nothing. But then about six months later, I got really high and I looked at the award on my shelf and I burst into tears because oh. I was like, I sort of allowed myself to enjoy it, you know, rather than kind of just being like, this stuff doesn't matter. It's like, of course it matters. Like, it's, yeah. it's a nice thing that happened. Well, that's good. Do you think your style of comedy has changed since the pandemic? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Um, I don't think the style has changed, but I thought you seemed like a warmer persona yesterday than I've seen you in the past. Yeah, yeah. I didn't that's know if that was a decision. It is, yeah. Well, it's sort of just coming out of the pandemic and kind of, you know, I don't want to be upsetting audiences necessarily right now. And, and I know there might be a thirst for like challenging stuff or whatever, but I'm just not in that space where I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, yeah, it is a sort of conscious decision to to tone it down a little bit and just give people a, a break. And I, I, it's also from watch, from sitting in audiences and watching stuff myself, I recognised that I was, I was sort of transcending my own thresholds. Like in terms of what I want as an audience member is mm. not to be picked on, it's not to be spoken to. Yeah. Yet I was doing that. And so when I realised that I was doing to others what I would not want myself, I yeah. sort of, you know, I kind of toned it down a bit. Yeah, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. I like slimeball stuff as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's this idea of like obsessing over one thing, you know, endlessly, yeah. which I guess kind of makes sense for like, given the last 18 months that we've had, we've just mm. sort of been left with nothing but our own thoughts. Yeah. Like we've just got, um, we've, just, we've just been left with nothing but our own face and our own memories. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's been, it's been fascinating seeing people sort of lose their minds a bit. Mm. Um, Anyone in particular? I'm not going to name names, Annie, but, you know, some of us stayed off Twitter for 18 months because we knew we were going to have a breakdown, if not. Uh, did you come off social media? Uh, yeah, I, 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 sort of, I sort of took all my tweets down and stuff and just kind of really trimmed my output because... Mm. You've done that before? I've done that before, I've done it a few times, yeah. Mm. I, just, I just sort of feel very exposed suddenly and I'm like, oh, no, this is weird. It's probably quite a healthy thing to do. I guess so. I mean, do you not worry about your sweet viral tweets disappearing forever? But I don't care about that because it doesn't mean like you 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 had a you had a you hit viral success, didn't you? Yeah, but I think you did as well. I, I mean, I had you know I've I've had some <laughs> I've had some luck, and it is just luck. I think. Uh, but you, you you did a spinach tweet. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, Annie 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 is the one who did the the tweet about spinach. You guys remember the tweet about spinach? <laughs> No, of course you don't, because Twitter is nonsense. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But it was, it was, yeah, it was funny and it went viral and obviously people misunderstood it and... People got really angry with you, didn't they? Yeah, people get angry about everything on Twitter, I think. People didn't, they were like, can you explain the joke? And then someone else would like pipe up and join in. Um, I think it's... Um, it's a funny place. It's a, fu- it's a funny place. But it's, it's you know, you, in order to kind of maximise the reach of your words, you do sort of have to operate in extremes. Mm. Otherwise it gets kind of ignored. So everything is amplified. Everything is the worst thing that could have happened. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit worrying. But I also think that everyone is kind of becoming a bit more wise to that now and is, is more cautious about social media. Oh, that's great. You look, that's really great. Oh, thanks. It's that's a so bit cool. grey. I mean, it is grey, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not used to using black. Normally I avoid using black, but I think I have to for this. Yeah. Yours is great as it's, well. f- it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's You've a... got the colour much better than I have. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, so did you feel like your mental health improved as a result of going off social media for a bit. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it's it's amazing, isn't it, how much you can get used to operating in a state of anxiety. Yeah. And I think, and it's, it's, it's amazing how we get used to the things that cause us anxiety and don't recognize it until we cut away. Like I left London, I lived in London for about four years and then I went back to, yeah, live with my parents in Dorset and I didn't realize how much anxiety I was holding yeah. until I actually got out. Um, so yeah, for sh- for sure. So what, just being in the countryside and not having like the stress of your life in London? Well, I just wake up every day in London and just like you know have to stave off a panic attack. It's just a sh- it's just the sheer mm. the sheer enormity of the place, um, and not feeling like you could call a place a home. Yeah. Is uh, yeah. So are you back in Dorset now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in Dorset for. I mean, I guess for the for the foreseeable. I, I, I obviously I, my parents can't. I <laughs> can't look after me forever. Um, <laughs> as much as my mum is delighted. Is she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there was, a bit, there was a bit in the show yesterday where I talked about how, like, I really was looking forward to regressing and being yeah. like a child again, and my mum's just treating me like an adult, and yeah, it's really annoying, because I, really I really wanted that. Um, I, I enjoyed your impression of a baby mixed with a teenager. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was, I, uh, yeah, that was stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> I won't ask you to do it now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's weird with social... Like, I know going off social media would make me feel better generally, but I haven't done it yet. How often do you go on social media a day, do you think? I, I would I, Not loads, but you just get into the pattern, don't you, of, like, looking at your phone and then just opening apps without even thinking about it, and then you're like, Instagram... And then you go on your laptop, check the same app, and then you're like, yeah. what, what am I doing? Yeah, I, find myself, I, find, I often find myself doing the rounds... Yeah. Like a security guard checking in on my own life. <laughs> being like, next it's Instagram. Yeah. Check on the check out the old emails. Yeah. Oh, I haven't been on Facebook for 30 seconds. Let's see if anything. <laughs> it's just... oh, actually, I deleted Facebook. Did you? Off my well, I've still got it, but I deleted it off my phone. That's smart. It's one step, isn't it? It's something. Throw my phone in the sea after this. <laughs> is, it, is anybody here off social media entirely? The people just not is there anyone who's sort of like cut themselves off? Yeah, you have. Nice. You, did, were you on it and then you and then you cut? Yeah. 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 How how has your life been since then? <laughs> How's your life? Well, in the world, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? I think it does sort of it gives you a very warped perspective of 
what human beings are like. Because mm. then actually when you meet a human being, you're like, oh yeah, there's all this fragility and there's a nuance and stuff, but it's all just lost on... Yeah. You forget that there are other, that there are human beings at the other end of it. And also you don't have the pressure to like record every moment of your life. Yeah, yeah, that's just, true. I mean, I'm talking as if I've done it. We all know I haven't done it. <laughs> have you... Um, do you, but you don't post sort of pictures of your life that often, do you? You're not a sort of, you're not a chronicler of I don't your... know. I don't think I'm a chronicler, but you've got to get your content out there. George. You've got to get, you've got to remind people that you exist. Yeah. Otherwise, how would you know that you exist? Well, exactly. Exactly. Um, I might write the um, haemoglobinopathy card. I've not left enough space there. What do you think? Mm, no, do it. Or I could just do some blood like dripping off. Like, yeah, small that's great. Cells. Yeah, do some small cells. Um, so do you have an activity you go to when you're feeling stressed other than like checking YouTube videos? Do you do, you do any form of art or like meditation or you've got funny stuff in your show about meditation recommending meditation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How recommending meditation has worked wonders for me. Yeah. It's a funny observation. Because it makes me look like I'm a Zen master. <laughs> um, and that's as good as being the thing. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit, there's a bit of that. Yeah, I try and, I try and relax and... Uh, yeah, I do, I, do try and, I do actually meditate. And I, I'm in therapy as well. And that, she's, she's constantly trying to get me in, in my body. Because apparently I'm a very... It's, you know, we're all very, we're all in our heads. And then mm. she's always like, what's your body up to? And I'm like, it's just a sort of, you know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I had no curled idea. Yeah, I was curled up. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's opposition. Yeah. Um, how do you get into your body though? Exercising? Yeah, exercising. But just like taking that moment to, to just feel your whole body, feel where everything is. Yeah. Um, check in. Yeah, just checking in. But it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, that concept makes me feel a bit more panicky. Like, oh, fuck, I've got to check where every... Yeah, is. yeah, sort of opening the door to a haunted house. I just yeah. don't... I don't need to know, really. How's this going? Yeah, it's fine. I've sort of... I've done, like, you know, something. Yeah. <laughs> I like and it. now, now I'm, now I'm trying to... I'm doing what I always do, which is try and do it as accurately as possible, realise that I can't do that, <laughs> and then sort of add some arty flourishes over the top of it. Yeah, uh, nice. That's sort of what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> um... Do you own any art, Jordan? No. Are you supposed? Are, are we supposed to? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do people own art? Anyone own any art? No. Yeah. <laughs> fine. You, you own art. Well, you make your own art. I make my own. Yeah, but I've I've got a couple of prints and things, and I've bought I bought a couple of paintings in lockdown, but not nothing expensive. Just right, right. Things friends have done and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could own any piece of art in the world, what would you choose? Um, would you have something like that installation? I'd have that something like the installation, yeah, or like a, or like the banana sellotape to a wall. Oh yeah, that that's one. funny, isn't it? I mean, I could just do that and tell people that, that I own it. No one's yeah. gonna, no one's gonna be like, I need to see <laughs> verification. Someone bought that. Was it you then? Did someone actually buy it? Yeah, I think so. Was that at Art Basel or something? Anyone remember where that was? The banana duct taped to the wall and then some someone ate it, didn't they, as a prank? And then it yeah. like upped in value. Yeah, and the artist added another one. Yeah. Just like, no problem, I got a whole bunch. <laughs> so, don't feel like this is how art should work. No. I can't just be like, oh, no worries, I've got a spare Mona Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a part of us that really liked lockdown and we're not allowed to admit it because of all the deaths, but... Yeah, lockdown one. I loved nice. it. I said, do you remember that first week when everyone got on house party? Yeah. And there was this real like sense of like, the apocalypse is happening. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna happen in my lifetime. I knew it was gonna happen. <laughs> I get to be the main character as the world burns. And then the world didn't burn. Well, it's sort of still burning, I think. Yeah, we realised that it's a real slow, it's a real slow, slow it's a slow burn, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was, I was so excited, I was getting hammered every night, I was like, yeah. house, people just jumping into house parties and looking at you and then disappearing again, oh, I loved it. Were you in Dorset for the first one? I was in London for the first one, and yeah. then when it, when it looked like there was going to be another one, 
I uh, jumped ship and went went back to Dorset for a bit. Yeah. But it was also because my my housemate, well, my sister, <laughs> not my my housemate and sister, um, <laughs> she'd she'd actually bailed on the first lockdown, went to Chichester or something. No, not Chichester, um, Chippenham, mm. with uh, with her now husband, and. Um, so it was just me and my friend Luke, but she was obviously paying rent still. Mm. And so you got to the point where she said, I can't afford to keep paying this rent. So we all, we all had to leave because uh, it was all very complicated. The, the contract was very complicated mm. and it needed to have, this is not interesting, but it's, uh, you have to be a house, we, we, we had to be a recognized household, like a family. Oh, I see. So I, I can't remember why it's, um, it's very stupid, but it meant we all had to go basically. So did she get engaged in lockdown? She did, and she sent me a voice note saying, I'm engaged, and I thought it was a joke, so I just replied saying, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and, then, and then she said, yeah, we've set a date for July, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, really committing to this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a funny joke you're doing. Um, so, yeah, they actually got married in June this year. And how was it? Were you still like, this is... Is this a joke? Yeah, I still, I still, I think all marriage is a joke. Uh, so, so I was just laughing, you know, the whole time. Um, did you have to do a speech? I was her best man. Yeah. Oh wow, big gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did a did an eight minute absolute. Like it's what it's what in the industry. Uh, I'd say I'd say what I did is uh, industry term. Uh, I et shit for ten minutes. Um, <laughs> Did you do the stuff about having sex with your mum? Yeah, I just didn't know. No, I actually, I, I it was a really nice speech. It was, a, it, it was a good speech. Uh, but I opened with an incest gag, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do it. They loved it. Well, it was a two. It was a, it was a two. It was a twofold gag, right? Because my sister had been engaged before. Um, a couple of years previously to this guy and it hadn't ended well and he's like not a nice guy and all this stuff. Um, so I thought it'd be hilarious to make a joke about it. But I, I, did, uh, I did this, so I came up and I said, this isn't the first time my sister's been engaged. And half the room went, oh, I can't believe he's mentioning this. And then, uh, and then oh, I said, wow. she was actually originally engaged to me when we were four years old. And um, she, uh, but thankfully it didn't, you know, it didn't work out between us. For various reasons, um, <laughs> one of them being I don't fancy her, uh, and everyone laughed. And then I did some soppy stuff, and it was fine. You didn't then go, and she was also engaged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was yeah. So bold opening, but nice. a, a sweet end, I would say. Easy gig a wedding, isn't it? All right, mate. I mean, you weren't there. It was. It was. <laughs> it was tough. Did everyone know that you're a comedian? It's extra pressure. Yeah, so they all sort of like were like, "Oh, can't wait to see your speech later." And I'm like, "What do you think I'm gonna? Do you think I'm gonna come out and do a comedy routine?" <laughs> because I, I will. <laughs> Did you try any new stuff? <laughs> it was all, it was all kind of new, I guess. <laughs> so my nan and granddad are um, well, my granddad's dead now, but they they're, they're both gay. Um, they were married, had three kids, and then both got into same-sex relationships. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real long story, but they, so then... Quite spicy for that generation. Oh, it was crazy. I mean, my grand, so my granddad was, a, obviously, he was, he was a producer for the BBC. He started as, like, a kind of... He, he basically followed the system that no longer exists, that we're told exists, where you start at the bottom and you work your way up to the top, which is just bollocks now. People end, hit end the ceilings and just give up. Mm. But he made it to, he ended up producing um, All Creatures Great and Small. Does anyone remember All Creatures Great and Small? This old like sort of soap, drama soap thing. Mm. Anyway, when the News of the World discovered that he was gay, they, they ran a headline that said, All Puffed as Great and Small. Yeah, 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 and he had the he had the newspaper clipping and stuff. Oh, nice. um, <laughs> of, of course he would. It was a proud moment. Um, but he got so he got married to a guy, and they lived in Spain uh, for a while. And then, unfortunately, his husband had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and was fighting that for years. And then one day, he just had a fit and died. So my granddad moved back to England and was basically sort of bouncing around from family house to family house mm. until eventually he. Um, uh, proposed to my nan. Uh, my nan said yes, but we've got to do a proper ceremony. Oh, so he was with the man before your... Um, so he was, no, they were together, sorry, and then they got divorced. 
Well, they got they broke up and then yeah. both got into same-sex relationships for oh, like 30, right. 40 years. And then my granddad reproposed and said, if you want to get remarried? And she was like, yeah, but I want to do it properly. So we had to go to this wet. <laughs> and I don't think, I mean, to be honest, like if I'm speaking cynically, I think, I think my granddad just wanted a, someone to look after him in his later years and was kind of exploiting the the sort of romantic ideal that my nan had had, which was that they'd come together at the end of their lives wow. after sort of going off on these separate adventures. Anyway, the ceremony was bonkers. It was, um, it was a registry office and my nan, uh, my granddad kept forgetting what, what he was doing and stuff and what he was saying and had to be reminded. And my nan kept pulling, like turning around and looking at us all and like pulling a sort of face, like <laughs> hark at him. At one point, my granddad snapped at her and said, stop playing to the gallery. Uh, and yeah and then he just sort of spent the rest of the, the, the ceremony just sort of staring glumly out of the out of the window thinking about his dead love the dead love of his life um and then they went so we then then the the, the reception was a, a an amateur theater local amateur theater that both they both had like experience sort of running and stuff my nan sort of runs runs shows there it's a tiny little theater like fi like 50 seater yeah um their, their client base is just like exclusively older people who just come and watch the panther every year or whatever. Mm. Anyway, we had to, they did it in there, in the theatre itself. So we all had to sit on little chairs with paper plates with our like sausage roll and our quiche on it, while my nan and my granddad sat on the stage <laughs> looking out at us. <laughs> and, so threatening. And my granddad was the saddest I've ever seen anyone look, because he didn't want this, you know, I, I, he really didn't want it. And then they, my nan asked me to do a, to do a stand-up routine, and I managed to negotiate it down to introducing the toast. But I went up there, and as soon as I got up there, you know what it's like. Mm. It kicks in. <laughs> so I started getting into it, and there was this You're kid like, Hang that. Hang on, I've got this great joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I started. To, so there was a kid there who was, for some reason, had decided to come to the wedding dressed as Austin Powers. <laughs> And he was like eight years old mm. and he was doing everyone's head in. Um, he even had like the necklace, you know, with the thing. And it was just, I was so, fucking so angry just looking at him in this stupid so little wig. Him. So I slammed him and I called him a prick and everyone cheered. <laughs> <laughs> and then he looked absolutely devastated. And then I was like, give it, give it up for Bill and June. And everyone did a toast. And then the kid just sat there looking really sad for the rest of the day. So, wow. you know, he'll, he'll, he'll think twice about trying to monopolize my, uh, <laughs> my granddad's marriage. So what happened to your grandma's girlfriend? They... Why? No, she didn't marry her. They, no, they never, no, they didn't get married. Um, they were together for quite a while, actually. And I think, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what happened. But it was a weird, you know, as a, as a kid, not knowing why, you know, just sort of going to granddad and Nana's house and then just having, having like a friend that they lived with. Mm. And I remember once my sister, bless her, it, was, it must have been like, she must have been like 10 or 11, I was about 12. She wrote a little letter yeah. and slid it under my mum's bedroom door late at night and it said, sorry to ask this, but is Nana a lesbian? <laughs> And my mum was like, sorry to yeah, ask. sorry to ask. I'm sorry to do this, but that's the funniest bit. Yeah, <laughs> sorry to ask. Sorry to ask. So um, formal. So uh, my mum was like, yeah, 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 and and then she wrote we, that back. Yeah, yeah, she wrote it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hi, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no trouble at all. Uh, happy to clarify. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then I and then me and my sister went up to stay with my dad when he was still living in, in the he was living in Merseyside mm. and we were talking about this and my dad went, Well your granddad's gay as well. And we were like, What? <laughs> like we couldn't believe we couldn't believe this. And yeah. also, you know, my dad being so sort of casual about it as well. Yeah. Well that's good. It? Yeah, it's good to it's good to discover these things. But um But it must have been so hard for that generation where it was just like not at all allowed and the fact they felt they had to like go back to each other because they couldn't stay with their partners yeah well i mean my you know the the, re, the remarriage was only a few years ago and they oh, right. they this was like 2015 mm -hmm. i think 2016 um yeah oh, oh one bleak detail that we got taken to so the, the the amateur theater that my nan was running 
the guy who plays the keyboard, he was also an undertaker. And so we, he, he lent his cars. And so we got a lift to the ceremony in hearses. <laughs> Were they hoping it could double up? As a sort of, <laughs> yeah. We'll get married, then hopefully we can go straight to the, Yeah, Yeah, we'll just do it all crash. in one day. <laughs> wow, keyboard player and undertaker. Yeah, lovely guy as well. He's one of those nice, really nice guys. So whenever I'm like with someone who's too nice, it makes me want to like punch him in the face. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When you're just like, oh, it would ruin their life now. But then, but I, it's almost like a sort of test. Like I want to test you want their to, niceness. Yeah, you want to see if he's. Really yeah, nice. if I just like push my hand in his face and he'd be like, oh, jolly good, no problem. You know, he yeah. wouldn't. Undertakers are always very jolly. I think. Yeah. I think it's similar to comedians being miserable off stage. It's like. Their job is to keep people's spirits up in yeah, yeah, big yeah. situations. There's that sort of contrarian impulse to sort of go against the thing that you're doing. Or yeah, exactly. Um, so they're still together, your grandparents? Oh no, you said one of them's dead. Yeah, one of them's <laughs> dead. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. Sorry. Um, <laughs> After joking about the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Sorry, granddad died. Um, yeah, bless him. He, he, uh, he, he just died of everything. Do you know what I mean? When they get to that age, it's like, well, I don't know. I, we can't say for sure what killed him. Um, Is that what they put on the death? Yeah, yeah. And then, no, everything. Let, let's just say, no one was keen for an autopsy. It was like, <laughs> he's ninety-five. Let yeah. him be. Doesn't matter. Ninety-five. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah, he had like a. He had like the fun dementia. You know, where you sort of like shit your pants, but you laugh about it. Like it was. <laughs> so it wasn't like a bad one where he was angry or whatever, or he say mean mean stuff. It was just sort of funny. Funny Silly. for you. Funny for everyone. <laughs> yeah, funny for us. Um, did he recognise you at the end, or was he? Did he know who people were? No, he started to forget people. But I, I sort of said my goodbye about a year before he died because everyone. The, You've got a lot on. I had a lot on. I, had a, I was very busy. I was writing this show about incest. You know, I was a busy boy. No, I went to um, I went to see him at hospital because we were told he he had mere weeks to live. So I had this tearful goodbye with him, mm. kissed his head, walked away, and then nine months later, he's still fucking alive. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't top what I did at the yeah. hospital, so I just didn't go and see him. <laughs> he went into he went into an old people's home, and so, very like you know, yeah. he like he slowly kind of lost all sense of who he is. That's sad. All right. <laughs> you ready for some quick fire questions? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Abstract or realism? Uh, abstract. Avarice with Comedy Festival or Machantleth Comedy Festival? Sorry, Machantleth. Oh, no. But it's nice, it's better, the, the, it, no, no, I changed my mind actually. <laughs> I thought, whatever he actually thinks, he'll say Avarice with because we're here. <laughs> no. Um, Mac, just because uh, there's more accommodation. There's more, there are more options. And I didn't it's have, slightly nearer London. Slightly nearer London. I didn't have to pay £300 for an Airbnb at Mac. Okay, on to the next question. Yep. <laughs> Tate Modern or Tate Britain? Tate Modern. Dawn or dusk? Dusk. Writing or performing? Performing. Henry Widdicombe or Josh Widdicombe? <laughs> Henry every day. <laughs> Fuck the other one. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, tortured artist or rational footballer? <laughs> uh, somewhere in between. Private view or view of private? <laughs> who's wrote? Who's written these? No idea. They just. <laughs> they just open up. I think it's from a different show. Uh, private view. Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Man United or Man City? Man United. Um, can you separate the art from the artist? Yeah. <laughs> so easy. I fucking hope so. <laughs> um, no, well, no, normally I, people are like, God, that's such a hard question. I don't know if you. No, of course you can. That. Of course you can. Of course you can. Let's not. Let's. Let's. You know. Let's not. Let's not pretend we haven't watched Annie Hall recently or whatever. Yeah. You know. Fucking hell. So are you still listening to R. Kelly? I. <laughs> uh, no. I. <laughs> It, where would you recommend I start? <laughs> I think about getting into his output. I'd just be curious to know where to... Shall I, shall I start with the documentary and then work my way over to I Believe I Can Fly? I'll ask Molly to play that song as we leave the stage. Yeah, great. 
Beautiful. Yeah, Is he in? It's a beautiful. <laughs> um, art or tech? What? <laughs> art or tech? Art or tech? What did you think of it? I don't know. Art, I thought you said like art, art attack, <laughs> but in a weird way. Art attack. Art, it's art attack. I don't think it is, Annie. Uh, art. Art or books? Books. Is that right? There's no, there's no right or wrong. Oh. Uh, Can there be? Yeah. And finally, dicks or pussies? Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, you know, uh, pussies, I guess. But whatever you've got is fine. I, you know. <laughs> it's not about mine. <laughs> okay. Whatever you've got. Whatever, whatever you've got um, is, abs- is absolutely. Or in art, what do you me. prefer drawing? A, a female nude or a male? Oh, nude? a dick, a dick for sure. <laughs> They're a lot, lot easier to draw a dick. Um, Henry Whittacombe's idea was actually having you naked on stage, and that's painting you. I would have been well up for that. Would you? Yeah, I would have done that. Yeah. We've got. We've got five. four minutes. <laughs> no, I think at this stage it would be weird. It would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, particularly because I'm assuming you've drawn the wallet, so. No, I've drawn your dick. Oh shit, that's what that is. <laughs> Why is there money coming out of it? <laughs> We've both done the shadow of the wallet. But there is very little shadow to. To draw. I, uh, well, I was sort of trying to capture the dark energy that's now. It was the There's shadow. so much dark energy coming out of you. <laughs> it's because I can't stop and I've run out of white, and so now everything is getting progressively dark. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I ran out of white as well. I should have just got some more. Oh, no, it's all good. I'm, I'm happy with this. Um, I don't think you need to separate the art from the artist. In your picture, if I had to guess which comedian had done that, I'd guess you. Really, really? Yeah. Is that because I've signed my name Jordan Brooks at the bottom? <laughs> no, he hasn't. He's uh, no, um, Shall we show you our paintings? Is, are you done? I think so, yeah. I think so. Uh, uh, hold on. Has anyone got any just... questions they'd like to ask Jordan before we finish? Having a good day? Oh, you, sorry, yeah. Are you having a good day? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice. That. I really like being here. It's really nice. It's a really nice town, actually. It's, it's one of those places where I'm, I'm like, oh, I could live here. <laughs> But I know that like by midday of the first day, I'd be like, I've made a big mistake. Right, should we reveal at the same time? Okay, all right. Wow. Ready? I'll say one, two, three, and then we'll turn it. On three or no, after just three? A so on bit four. Three. <laughs> I'll count to four and then turn it on five. We do it on five? Okay. okay. One. We can do a number each. Wait, oh yeah, okay, yeah. All right, so you go, you're going. One. Two. Three. Four. Five. <laughs> hope you enjoyed the episode a big thank you to jordan for coming on the podcast and sorry we didn't get a chance to talk much about his footballing career Uh, remember to follow him on social media he's on instagram at jordan brooks comedy and on twitter at george brooks so follow him before he deletes his account again A huge thank you to Aberystwyth Comedy Festival and to the lovely audience who came to see us there. Hope you enjoyed listening and see you again soon. Goodbye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.